This is Alex. And this is Mason. And this is The Overcompetitive Bystanders. And this is our show where we share our strong opinions about things we don't know anything about. One of us favors college, one of us favors NFL. Let's see how this goes. So for the poo-poo team of the week, this week our four nominees are... um, We've got a little bit of variety in why each of these are the poo-poo team of the week. That's nice. Two of them are really just come down to specific plays. Um, So I like that there's there's some variety. So the first one we'll talk about is Cal. Um, They are nominated for poo-poo team of the week because they got absolutely destroyed by Utah. Uh, They had zero points. They had like 100 yards of offense. Uh, there was just no bright points for Cal throughout the entire game, um, and so they looked they looked really really bad. Uh, so Cal is up as a nominee. Yeah, and Cal's Cal's a team that that was ranked at one point. People were talking about mm-hmm. like, are they good? Like they might be good now. They're undefeated, and then now it's kind of just been like, ah, no, they're not very good. No, they're not good. Yeah, so it's kind of got but the I mean, high hopes and then a letdown. Yeah, so you still should be able to put up points even against one of the top defenses in the nation. Yeah, yeah. Utah's been killer, but I don't think they've been great enough. I mean, like Oregon State put up garbage touchdown, put up a garbage touchdown. Cal is should it, be able to do this. Is thing. it Illinois State? Is that who they played? Northern Illinois. Northern Illinois. Northern Illinois was able to put up points. Yeah, Northern Illinois did well, and so yeah, like Cal should be able to do better than that. Yeah. So they are a nominee for Poo Poo Team of the Week. Um, the other nominee, or one of the other nominees, was probably one of my favorite dumb plays of the weekend. I don't know if you saw the ending of the Texas Tech-Kansas game. Oh my gosh, yes I did. That was a fabulous okay. play. So, for those of you that didn't see it, Texas Tech um, is tied with Kansas with like, I don't know, 20 seconds left in the game, something like that. Um, and they're going to kick – Kansas is going to kick the game-winning field goal. Um, it's like a 50-yarder, so it's not really super likely that Kansas is going to make it, but you know it's kind of in play. Um, so Kansas goes back to kick, and Texas Tech is able to block the kick, which is awesome, <laughs> cool. You know They're at least going to overtime now. Um, and then with – the block a texas tech player picks it up starts trying to run it back um so now there's like the opportunity that maybe they run it the block kick all the way back for a win that's an awesome ending but then he starts getting tackled and he goes oh i know what i'll do let's keep the play alive right (laughs) so he pitches the ball backwards kind of kind of to no one there's no one behind him right it's not like there was anyone he was aiming at um, so he's basically just thrown the ball backwards for a fumble. And, uh, well, what happens? But Kansas ends up falling on the ball and getting the ball back. Right. And now they're about 10, 15 yards closer <laughs> than where they were when they were kicking the first field goal. And there's like four or three seconds left in the game now. Yeah. Um, so then Kansas goes and kicks now like a 37 yarder, 30 something yarder, and they end up making it and winning the game as time expires because having their field goal blocked ended up working out great for them. Yeah. If you're ever just not quite close enough for the field goal, 
Go for the field goal block play where you get the ball, your field goal blocked, but then you you just mind f- the, yep. the the defensive player into throwing you the ball back. Yeah, like um, on uh, the shutdown forecast, they were talking about it, and they're like, you know, sometimes there's like different like video games. Like I remember uh, ES like the NFL Two K Five. It was like an awesome game. They had that where it's like the 25 best plays of NFL history. And you like, you have to match up the scenario and like get like the hundred yard touchdown or whatever it is, or you're losing by two touchdowns with a minute left and you have to come back and win it. Yeah. I love that. Um, they're like that. This would be the most impossible one. Right. <laughs> this would just be, okay, you have to kick a field goal, but don't make this field goal. You have to kick it and then force a fumble and then make the field goal after that. Yeah. Like, that would just be the absolute worst one to even try for. Well, especially since it's been mostly proven that blocks in NFL video games, at least up until like the, the most recent iterations, are scripted. Mm-hmm. So like the blocks are they're gonna be blocked from the as soon as the play starts. Oh really? Yeah, so, like it's that. it's been it it's it seems at least from the videos I've seen that it, that that's the case. Um, just they're that's the odds maker in the game just made yeah. it happen. Like it, there was some roll of some random number and it landed on the one that came up with a block at the beginning mm-hmm. of the play rather than like all of the players as are, they're rushing. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. And so like to to be able to get that in a game like that you. It kind of it's like so I'm horrible. looking for a, a scripted blocked punt or blocked kick, and then I have to force a fumble and recover with time remaining. Yep. Like that's the other thing. There was only like nine seconds on the clock when this play started. Yeah. He, they were able to block it, and then he ran it. If uh, he didn't run it far, yeah, it was a yeah. couple stats. Like he didn't make it very far. At first, I was like, oh, he's gonna get the touchdown here and then yeah. they very quickly scrambled and it's like oh it's over and then he just unexplicably just turns around and throws the ball behind him it was so dumb it was so so stupid and it, it was clearly a pitch like you can't tell me that oh, yeah, he, no. he was hit or anything no he turned it like, wasn't a fumble he, he tried was to throw pitching it. it backwards yeah. yeah but there was no one there that was the stupidest so, play he could have made congratulations um, dude you landed your team on the list yeah. Well, and the other big thing here is that Texas Tech lost to Kansas. Right. So it's almost as good as the whole Texas lost to Kansas in football, but this time it's it's Texas Tech. So it's got a different layer to it, but yeah, still pretty Yeah, if only fun. this happened last year. So anytime anybody talked about Cliff Kingsbury, you could just be like Texas Tech lost to t- Kansas. Yeah, exactly. So that was pretty funny. Um and yeah, so Texas Tech, very fitting nominee for the Poo Poo Team of the Week. Um, the next one is that Kansas or Texas lost to TCU this week. Um, it was one that we talked about before where Texas was favored by like one point, and we were both just like, how the hell is Texas only favored by one? Yeah. Like, they're ranked, they look better, TCU hasn't looked that good. Like, obviously... They've Texas only lost in close bad. games to good teams. Yeah. Nope. Got got destroyed by well, not necessarily destroyed, but a safe win. They got outplayed. By they got outplayed. It was so stupid. 
And it's like a, it's a rivalry game. I mean, yeah. Austin to Fort Worth is not a long drive, and so like that's a that's a rivalry game. That's a big thing. And to lose to it, and to a team that looked as bad as TCU did in those jerseys, right? That, that was horrible. Doesn't that oh. say something about football in Texas, though? You have Texas, mm-hmm. Texas A&M, mm-hmm. Texas Tech, yep, and TCU. And while Texas Tech hasn't been that great, mm-hmm. they've all put up decent to elite rosters every year. Yep. Well, and don't forget Houston and SMU and Baylor. I, I actually forgot that Baylor was in Texas. Yeah. Um, so want to know a fun fact about Baylor and TCU that I don't all, I don't remember the whole thing of. I love those. Those are my favorite. So Baylor and TCU are pretty big rivals. Right. Um, I don't remember which way it goes, but one of them burned the other one's campus down to the ground because they were in the same city. (laughs) Oh really? And then because they like burned it to the ground, they moved to a different city. So I don't know if it's that Baylor moved from Fort Worth to Waco or if TCU moved from Waco to Fort Worth. And so I don't know if it was one way or the other. Okay. But one of them burned the other one's campus to the ground. <laughs> Was this like completely on purpose? It wasn't like a prank gone wrong or anything? Do you know? I don't really know. I mean, I I should Google it one day because I really like the story, but I, I haven't really got it. That that's like, insane to me. Right. One team burned the other team's campus to the ground. Yeah, it was just like a because they were rivals and just hated each other. And I think it was like pretty early on. Like I don't think it like this wasn't like the eighties or anything. I think this was in like the nineteen tens or something. Okay, but yeah, that makes a like little a bit more sense. And I'm wondering how big campus was back then. Oh, yeah. It's probably just a couple buildings. Right. Like to burn down even like Utah State, which isn't a giant university. Oh, yeah. There's like 10, 15, 20 plus buildings. Yeah. Yeah. No, it would it would have to be back like when it was like there were three buildings and they like burned each of them and they were like, you know what? Let's just go to a different city. Let's just let's just get some space. Yeah, there was just a rivalry that got so out of control that they turned to arson. Yep. So I don't know. I have no idea what which one it was, and so that fits into this Texas TCU thing in some way, one or another. Yeah, that wasn't but, a random tangent. That was on yeah. topic. <laughs> but Texas did lose to TCU, and that was ugly. Yeah. Um, and then the last team to be nominated is Duke. Um, I don't know if you saw the interception that Duke threw. I didn't. That clinched it. So Duke was down 17 to 20 with like a couple minutes left in the game. It was right near the end. Who were they playing? Um, uh, North Carolina. Okay. So rivalry game. Right. Um, They're driving. It looks like really good. Um, They get down basically to the goal line. They hand it off to their running back. And then he does like the little Tebow jump pass. Oh yeah, but he just throws it to a North Carolina player. <laughs> See, that's the problem with those plays. When they work, it's amazing. But mm-hmm. when they fail, they fail so epically. Yeah, 
and so he yeah he throws a uh throws a pick right at the end there was like 30 seconds left in the game or whatever wow. and it just clinched it like that was it and then north yeah. carolina won that was yeah. all wow how stupid is that um so that, they're nominated just hilarious. for that similar to how texas tech was nominated for having such a stupid play duke had it as well and this one i kind of think is in some ways more stupid because like that was the play call that was like the thing and the kid didn't know what to do the kid hadn't been told hey if there's a north carolina player don't throw it to him whereas like <laughs> you, at least you think you need Texas to be told tech- that like i i feel like if you if, if if i was a football player and the coach is like we're going to have you throw a pass i wouldn't need him to say by the way if there's a player of the opponent's team don't throw it to him throw it to your wide receiver look i mean you don't i wouldn't think you need to say it but apparently they did i think apparently they needed I think to tell morally him they needed to tell him hey if he's not clearly wide open or if you're not sure where he is tuck the ball take the yard yep we we have time i'm guessing this wasn't a fourth down play no that's what just makes it so much worse because you 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 had time you had you you could have made this like mm. yeah so it was super dumb um and then there is a fifth team that is an honorary nominee um we were debating between Cal and this team but because of just the level of annihilation we went with Cal but Utah State looked really really bad um got like 150 yards of offense got one touchdown um just Gave up like 450 yards rushing to Air Force. It was pretty ugly. Um, not quite as ugly as how Cal lost to Utah, so that's why we went that way. At least we were and, able to score. But yeah, at least there was a score. And um, like there wasn't really a point this season where like Utah State looked like they would actually be good. It was like, well, maybe, but not really. So it's been like they have the potential – yeah, we could um, see them, but like never the, sh- maybe the highest point was after the San Diego State win, where it was yeah. like, okay, we're two and one. But even maybe in that, that game, something it's like they took a huge lead and then they took their pedal, the foot off the pedal just a little mm-hmm. bit, and all of a sudden it was they they could have easily lost that game. Oh yeah. So at the end of the game, I didn't feel like, oh my gosh, dude, we're amazing. It's like, holy crap, yeah. we probably should have lost that game at the end. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So Utah State was honorary nominee, but the winner is Texas Tech for one losing to Kansas and two losing to Kansas on the dumbest play that I have seen all season. Just it was amazing. Terrible. Amazing. So there you go, Matt Wells. You get poo poo team of the week for you. Um, you little. Sh- no, I'm just yeah. <laughs> um, so the other. T- games i want to talk about real quick i don't have that much for this past week um was that wisconsin got absolutely murdered by ohio state and it's starting to bring into question did they get murdered because maybe wisconsin wasn't actually that good or did they get murdered because ohio state really is that good I, I, I'm on the boat where I think it's both. Like, I know that's kind of a cop-out, but I have Ohio State. I was telling you a little bit before the podcast. I have Ohio State as my number one team in the nation. Mm-hmm. Um, so to 
if you're not like a top five team getting annihilated by the number one team, it's not mm. really all that embarrassing. Yeah. But at the same time, I think it's also clear that, okay, Wisconsin clearly probably wasn't the number seven team in the nation. Yeah. Like at that point, they, they hadn't just demonstrated why they shouldn't be in the top seven, mostly because they were undefeated and were spanking kids. Mm-hmm. But I think it's in the past two weeks, it's made, made clear they clearly weren't as good as we thought they were. Like we had them as potential playoff contenders at multiple points during the season, and it's very clear that they're not. I agree. So. I agree. Um, LSU looked super good versus Auburn. Yeah. Um, that was just a good game in general. Auburn didn't look bad. They looked good as well, but LSU showed up. It was really interesting, so very happy with that. Yeah. Um, the Notre Dame lost to Michigan, and Harbaugh finally beat a top-10 team at Michigan. He had never beaten one. Uh, in his time at Michigan, he was like O for like nine or something like that. Wow. Uh, yeah, it was pretty ugly because he just keeps losing to Notre Dame and to Ohio State. Right. And so he just keeps adding those, and I don't think there were really many others, but he just couldn't win them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's good that he finally got one. It kind of lets some of the stress off of of him, but I mean, it's Michigan, so as soon as he loses the next game. Whenever it may be, he'll be right back to being in the hot seat, even with his massive contract. So they play Ohio State in the regular season, right? Yes, they do. So it's probably that game. It's yeah, they'll probably that game that, they, that, yep. that his his manhood gets called into question again. Yep, because Ohio State's going to murder him, and it's yep. yeah, I think it's going to be ugly. I think it's going to be really ugly when Ohio State beats him. Yeah, it's going to look very similar to this Wisconsin game, except for their defense. I mean, their offense isn't as good. Yeah, exactly. I think it's going to be it's going to be really bad. Um, and then, um, I wanted to talk about something that I thought was funny. So, UCLA is not doing great this year, right? Right. But they are officially in control of their own destiny in the Pac-12 South. Oh my gosh! Um, because they play Utah and USC is the biggest thing. Okay. So. If they win out and they beat both of them, um, they'll have the tiebreakers and they'll be fine. And that's just so funny. It's so stupid. Um, but my favorite part was so they somebody brought that up to Chip Kelly, and he's uh-huh. he started talking about how well that's not true because destiny is something that is predetermined, and you don't have control over your destiny. It's where you will be. It's it's your destiny. So we don't have control over our destiny in the Pac-12 South. That's <laughs> that's like, what I oh want to hear gosh. from my coach. There's no no such thing as you know us as making our will. own des- destiny. Yeah. Destiny has already been made for you. You're either gonna be great or you're not. Yeah. It's like it's like no. no. It's I bet a, that's what he does in the pregame speeches. Well, I mean, you're either going to win or you're not. Well, I, well, we don't have control over it. We so. don't have control. It's, it's. I mean, that would make sense why they're so garbage, except for in that one amazing game against Washington State where they yep. pulled pulled off a great upset. Just yeah. Ugh. So it was wild. It was so crazy. It was just the dumbest comment that a coach could make. Sounds like, like a, when it. like a 14 year old tries to be super deep. Oh yeah. 
That's what it sounds like to me. It like, really that's is pretty like cringe. The, I'm 13 and this is deep type yep. of thing. Exactly. Just so stupid. Um, so then that brings me to the big thing I wanted to talk about. I texted you about this earlier today. Um, so the NCAA, mm. well, all the headlines are saying the NCAA allows players to benefit from their own likeness and make money off of their own name. Right. Here's my thing. That's not what it is. Yeah. You got to read a little bit closer. That's not that what they voted on. That's not what passed. It's so stupid. So there's all this talk about how um, they voted and decided that, that by 2021, they will allow players to benefit on their lo- own likeness so long as it fits within the collegiate model. So they did not say that they're for sure going to allow it. Only They're only going to allow it if it fits within the model. Here's the thing. For decades, they've been guaranteeing that it doesn't fit with, within the model. Right. Like so, That's been their whole spiel. What does that mean? Um, the biggest thing with it is this whole thing is to buy time. This right. is so people look at them in a good light because if you notice like in the in the vote thing that they had it was so like oh yeah we just love when players are you know benefit and we've we've always been pushing for the benefit of players hmm. it's like no you haven't every single thing that's been happening is because someone else forced you to do it right you're pretty well, pro NCAA and that's about it yeah for real um and so it looks super stupid. They'll do whatever it takes for the NCAA and the higher-ups admin for NCAA to succeed. They don't care about the players. Right. They're just like, the way they make their money. Yeah. But, it's That's all it is. It's, they are – those players are – well, I don't want to get into the racial stuff, but they are <laughs> the Christ. ones who don't make money who work for them who make all of their money. So mm. – um, I'm glad you didn't take it there. Yeah. So it's a big thing. The The biggest thing is that Calif- like the NCAA is still fighting against the California law that passed. That's right. how you know that this isn't like a full real thing. Right. Yeah, they're looking uh, that up already. They're, they're fighting that. I, I think this is the biggest – the biggest thing with this one is so that other states don't pass more laws. Because right. like Florida was looking at having it be where it like went into place before next – football season oh wow um yeah they had said like it would pass in like april and then it would give them like 90 days and it was like that's a bad idea don't do that yeah um but uh yeah so i'm i think it's mostly just to try and calm everyone down and say don't do that okay Um, that makes sense so it's just stupid how all the news networks Everybody, newspapers, any news, anything, immediately bought in and said college athletes can benefit off their own likeness when, like, the first paragraph of the statement that the NCAA released says pretty clearly, well, we're, we voted that we're going to consider it. That's what we're going to do. We're going to consider it so long as it fits within the collegiate model, and it won't. But I do think, yeah, they've been telling us for decades that they don't think it fits in the collegiate model. Yeah, they like 
um, less than a month ago, they talked about how the California law is unconstitutional and how they're <laughs> going to fight it. Like, what changed in the past month in the Constitution that they're like, oh, yeah, no, this is okay. This Public is opinion? Yeah, exactly. And so um, this this is nothing. This is all just nothing. The biggest thing, though, is it will eventually change. I do think that probably by 2021 – it will change, even right. though they don't want it to. Mostly because, like you said, public opinion. I think everyone's going to recognize that it's a thing that they should do. I think the NCAA is going to look for ways to make sure that it's okay. Um, but it's so stupid. Um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about why, like, what the different effects of this will be, okay. and like what it means. So one of the biggest things that people jump to immediately which is pretty selfish to be honest but I get it is that because of this there will be a new NCAA football game um, that was the first thing everybody thought of was cool we get the football game back and we love that yeah I was one of those people I mentioned that like when this story first came up that was the first thing I said oh cool we'll get our NCAA football games yeah. back which I'm all for I want that game back too um, I just think it's funny how like everyone's like, "Oh, cool, the payer, players will get paid." What's it like? Here's what's good for me about it. I I, uh, I get what you're saying. To be fair, yeah. I think that the first thing I said was, "Oh, good for them." Yeah. Also, <laughs> also good for me. Yeah. Um, but then the next thing with it is that game is probably not coming out for another two years, at least. Right. Um. There have been a couple different college football people and like NC or like EA people who have talked about how it will be two years from the time when the players get their own likeness that the game will probably be released at the earliest. So we're looking earliest to like 2023? Yep. Okay. Realistically. Um, so when I'm turning 30. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, and if the biggest part of it is, and I, I agree with this. So EA sports and maybe it gets adjusted if there's like an expectation for it to come forward, but EA sports is not going to start making the game until they have the rights to the players. That makes sense. Um, it, as much as I hate EA and wish anyone else would make those games, like it also makes sense why they wouldn't start production yet. Yeah. And then they also aren't going to rush it and have it be a bad game and potentially ruin the franchise from there on. That doesn't sound like EA. Like EA well, is the exact kind of company that rushes a game and ruins a, a series because they ran out of time. So I think they'll do that in future years. I think, you know, like with how like every year, like Madden doesn't really change that much. That's minor tweaks. Right. But I do think that with the brand new version of it, They'll want it to have a, a strong base, a strong everyone loves it, and then they'll go to just not really fixing anything or changing anything from okay. then on out. Makes sense. Um, what's crazy is, so that means if it comes out in 2023, that means it would be the NCAA football 2024, which means it was exactly 10 years that it was gone. Wow. Because 2014 is the last one. Right. So that'd be pretty crazy if it's the ten just ten years exactly that it's a window. 
Yeah, just a 10-year gap between games. Yep. And it would basically just be like, okay, there was no there wasn't one for a PS4. Right. And then maybe for a PS5 or whatever. Like there's that window of like that fourth generation gaming stuff. Nothing. Right. So huh. that's kind of cool. Kind of weird. Um but now on to like how it actually affects the real stuff. Right. So one of the biggest critiques with this is it'll ruin the balance. Um, what balance? Exactly. That's exactly my point. So a lot of people say this will screw things up for like the small schools, like Utah State, BYU. Um, any G5 school would be screwed because of this. My thing is we're already screwed. Um, we don't have a valid shot at the playoff. We don't get the recruits that all these big schools get. This is not going to change anything. Um, like if you really look at it, think of who Utah State's star players were over the past 10 years. Bobby Wagner, Utah State was his only offer out of high school. Jordan Love, Utah State was his only offer out of high school. Uh, the Vigil Brothers, Kyler Fackrell, like these are p- people that these big schools did not want. Chucky Keaton only had a couple of offers. Right. He never got a big offer from anywhere else. If there was balance, there wouldn't be such. There wouldn't be a term for blue chip universities. Exactly. Um, and so it's this idea of Utah State is already living with this imbalance and has for decades. Right. Um. So these guys, like, there's no recruit that Utah State got this past year that USC wanted. That's just the base of it. There was a kid who had an offer from USC and ended up going to Utah State, but I really don't think it was because he was, like, I I think his offer from USC was tentative. I think that they didn't like that he was going to serve a mission. And so Utah State won it. But I don't think it was because of this great recruiting pitch. I think it was just because he, he wasn't USC's priority. Right. Okay. Like no one at USC sense. is mad about this. Right. Um, so the balance is already screwed. USC can already get their pick of the litter. Alabama can already get their pick of the litter. Like nothing is changing <laughs> with this. Um, I think the divides that exist are just a, will get a little bit bigger. But it won't create new divides. It won't change the pecking order that is already there. Um, Right. What it does do is there are teams that are on the edge of the divides that Mm. I think are the ones that can really suffer. Okay. So, for example, Wazoo is in Pullman, which is a tiny town. They don't have a big fan base relatively. They don't have companies that can give these massive endorsements. Yes, they have big boosters, but they don't have that many. Uh-huh. Um, Wake Forest would be a perfect example of a team that will die because of this. Sure. They have the smallest alumni base in college football, including G5 schools. Really? Yeah. Huh. It is tiny. They are in a mid-sized state with multiple other power five schools. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have control of their region. They are not a school that is attractive. 
um, when it comes to endorsements. Uh, Wake Forest will suffer. But here's the thing. Historically, that's who Wazoo and Wake Forest have been. This year, they've played pretty well, both of them. Uh, Wazoo a little less, but last year, you know, they have their ups and downs, and both of them have had relatively high ups recently. Mm -hmm. But historically, they aren't up there. Um, And so, yeah, maybe they don't have as many of these high moments. Maybe they still can. I don't know. But they're the ones that would suffer the most. The Utah States, the BYUs that are already a mile behind and not even – literally not playing in the same league as these higher schools, Right. it's not going to matter. No, it's not going to change anything. But there is a potential benefit, and it's, it's one of those things that until it happens, we don't know what it'll do. Right. But the important thing to know is that with this benefit of their own likeness, this is not the schools paying them. Right. This is local businesses endorsing them. This is... Um, being able to have camps and stuff. I'll talk more about commercials. that. Commercials, commercials, different things, sponsorship deals with Nike, with stuff like that. Um, this is not schools saying this is how much money you make. So it's important to look at what recruits and what players will attract um, different endorsements. So, for example. If a four-star recruit is going to Alabama, how is that any different from the rest of the four-star and five-star guys that are going to Alabama? He is the big fish in a big pond. No one cares. Yeah, he'll probably still get some cool notification. There's the potential to then be a starter and have – there's potential future money. Mm Mm-hmm. But he is not going to be a day one star at Alabama. But if that four-star recruit goes to Utah State, he'd be one of the biggest recruits in in school history. He'd be probably a day one starter. And all of a sudden, he's valuable for endorsements day one. Hmm. Okay. I I see where you're going. So it's not necessarily the idea that there's more money at Utah State, but for those guys that are not great, that are not five-star, or even think of it, a three-star guy. Right. A, a three-star wide receiver. If he was, if a three-star wide receiver goes to USC, what's to say he ever starts? What's to say he ever gets consistent minutes? Mm-hmm. But a three-star guy that goes to Utah State, Utah State can promise a little bit more of, yeah, we're planning on by by your sophomore year, we want you in the rotation. Junior year, you'll be starting. And mm-hmm. we've got Cash Valley Electric. We've got these, you know, these small businesses, but big boosters for the program that are then going to turn around and say, yeah, you know, we'll have it where the the dairy factory will be putting football players faces on all the milk cartons and yeah you'll get i don't know ten thousand bucks a year for it and they say well i mean yeah that's something yeah you never know Um, i guess we'll have to see on that one yeah so we don't know necessarily where that what that means opens up possibility one of the ones that i think is very interesting and it kind of goes along with the same idea 
is grad grad transfers and just general transfers. Players don't transfer historically because their team is bad. Players transfer because they're not getting playing time. That's true. So, does this now promote grad transfers more often to transfer when they're not getting playing time? If you're a junior and you're at, let's keep an example, let's go Washington, and you're just saying like, look, I am the third string running back. I don't play. Next year, I'm, you know, both guys above me are younger than me or same age. I'm not likely to play. No one knows who I am. No one cares who I am. I don't get any endorsements. Is that guy then more likely to, to push for an early graduation, grad transfer to a Boise State, a Utah State, a Nevada, somebody who says, look, you can show up today and you'd be our starter. Hmm. I mean, yeah. this this is a grad transfer that has already been happening. Right, that's that we've seen kind of more and more every year, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Does yeah, this make it happen more and more? I can see that. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So then all of a sudden, that's a that's an extra benefit. The top teams are not quite as deep because these the depth now means these guys are literally missing out on money. Right. Um, the other like option, in current money too. Like you could say before that they're probably missing out on future money mm-hmm. because they're not getting played time, so they're probably not going to get drafted as high. And you know where you get yep. drafted actually matters and how much you get paid. So. Yep. Exactly. And there's always the idea that this could cause it to be where top players at the small schools now are more likely to transfer to the big schools to play. But um, what you don't know is, or what is it? It's like the enemy, the biggest enemy is the unknown or some weird saying like that. There's multiple that you're probably messing Um, up. but. But yeah, basically the idea of like, look at Jordan Love. Where this year, you know, he was really hyped up. He was supposed to do really well. Um, maybe USC says, "Hey, we'd love to bring you over, and you could be here, and you know, you'd be a big, you'd be our starter." There's always that doubt that he could turn around and say, "What if I'm not their starter?" I mean, players transfer all the time. Look at Tate Martell transferring to Miami this year to be the starting quarterback. He then wasn't the starter. Right. Yeah. 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 So I think that's why players are not as likely to transfer to a place where they're not as likely to climb up because there's no not the guarantee that they'll get the starting job. Unless they're clearly just that good. Yeah, unless they're clearly that good. And the other thing is, and it's similar with Jordan Love, at that point, why waste a year to transfer? Because when you transfer and you're not a grad transfer, you have to sit out a year. Right. The only time that that's really beneficial is if you're a, if you're a freshman, because then as a freshman you say, okay, I'll sit out my sophomore year, and then I'll start as a junior at this big school, and then I'll go to the NFL. Right. Because if you're a sophomore, you don't do that. You're the next year is your junior year. You don't want to sit out your junior year because then you're going to the NFL. Yeah. So this only mm-hmm. works for freshman phenoms. And even That's at true. that point, there's That's a true. bunch of questions around it. 
Hmm. I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really think about it like that. Yeah. So I, I definitely think that there are questions and obviously there's the guys that are top players that just don't think they'll make it to the NFL, but generally these guys are more anxious to jump to the NFL than normal. Who knows if giving them endorsement money maybe makes it so people are a little more calm. Right. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's interesting though. There's a, there's a really good variety of things that could happen. Um, yeah. One of the things that's crazy is so Dabo Sweeney, head coach for Clemson, <laughs> he's an asshole, and he said um, if they allow this, he will quit coaching. To be clear, he said this back in like May. Yeah. I think when it was only I, – I don't even – yeah, this was all speculation. Like California hadn't even passed was, the law yet. Yeah, it was the California thing was starting. Right. Like – Yeah. So that – well, I don't think he leaves – I think that's a oh, crock no, of no crap. No way he does. But no. It's um, kind of funny now. The big now. thing is, this will probably make it so coaching salaries are smaller. Because what's going to happen is boosters aren't going to be giving the money to the program anymore. They're going to be giving a lot more of it to the players directly. They'll still give it to the program, but the program's going to have a little less money, and so they'll pay the coaches a little less. Because hmm. there's still only so much money to go around in it. Right. Um They'll still make would... an incredible amount, but it won't be as much. So I guess the question, is, do you think it would be enough for like people like Lincoln Riley and Dabo Sweeney to move to the NFL once they got like offers? Yeah, probably. I mean, as an NFL guy, like I, I already want Lincoln Riley and I'd I'd take Dabo Sweeney. So like I yeah. the, the more good coaches in the NFL, the the the, the better the, the game is. Yeah. So um I think it comes down to the fact that there are a lot of, I mean, I look at Nick Saban as, as the perfect example. Um, yeah. The NFL isn't always where these guys are best. No, you're, so you're obviously right. They may jump to the NFL and then jump back and that's fine. Um, they may look at it and say, look, I prefer college ball and that's just where I want to be. Or, but I definitely think it would then make it more often where player, where coaches jump NFL more often. And then you also have like Chip Kelly, who who looked really good, and then went mm-hmm. to the NFL and wasn't very good, and then went and back then to college back. and it's not very good. Yeah. So you kind of exactly. have to think he was at a great organization, a great university with great players. Like, mm-hmm. how much was on Chip Kelly? Granted, his offense at the time was pretty new. It was revolutionary. Yeah, it was. So, it was changed up. Yeah. And I mean, you see it all over. It just the game adapted and surpassed him. Yeah, and he, he wasn't able to. So, yeah. So it, it is really interesting. Uh, the final point, and this is just for the good of the players that I like, um, and this is for all sports. This is not just football. This is not just basketball. Although this focus has been primarily about football, because um, the big money will be in football and probably oh, yeah. basketball. What I love about this is this opens the ability for players to do camps in their hometown under their own name. Right. Um, And so it's this whole idea of, um, and this goes back to maybe benefiting the small guys. Um, Would you, if you're, I don't know, a kid from El Paso, would you rather be a backup at Texas A&M for a few years before getting a shot at a starter? Um or being the starter at Utah State more quickly, and then being able to come back and have bigger camps, be a bigger name for the fact that, yeah, you're succeeding at Utah State 
it's a smaller school um, than just not being a name at Texas A&M. So their camps are more valuable. They'd be able to charge more. Um, so it'd be interesting. But um, you look at like all the different sports, it'd be cool if you could have different guys come back to their high school every single year and run camps for, yeah. you know, bring bring other players, you know. Have it where Jordan Love brings a bunch of his wide receivers to California, and the schools would love it because that's awesome for recruiting. Yeah, like hey, like, it's a win-win for everybody. Yeah, that'd, that'd um, be cool. So I really like that. I think that that'll be a good thing. It helps the players. It helps the game develop. It helps the schools with their recruiting. Um, it's just fun. So, um, so that's my big thing um, with all of the different NCAA nonsense about like they're allowing the players to benefit when they're not really but they probably will in the near future um and then the last couple things i'll talk about are just the different previews um so byu and utah state play this week i have no clue who's going to win that game um i feel like utah state's offense has gotten worse every single week and i do not have a clue which byu team shows up if it's the team that showed up against usf and toledo Utah State should win that one just fine. If it's the team that beat USC, Tennessee, and Boise State, then I think BYU probably wins it. Um, I don't know which team is showing up. I don't know if Utah State is going to bring the team that was competitive against um, Wake Forest and beat San Diego State, or if this is the team that just got creamed by Air Force and by LSU. So I don't know. I have no clue. Okay. So, um, I mean, one one thing Colin Coward talks about is when a team gets embarrassed, mm-hmm. they usually come back the next week bigger, better, faster, stronger, right? Like, you, yep. you don't usually get embarrassed two weeks in a row. That's true. So, to get spanked is, is never a good thing, but it could be the fire under our ass. That, that brings us to that level to where we can beat BYU. I would not be surprised by that at all because I think Utah State generally has a good fire under them when they play BYU. Right. And yeah, like you said, that could just make it bigger and and make it better. Um, if it wasn't, I don't know. I just I I, I don't know what's wrong with this team. Um, in general, I just think the offensive line doesn't block well. I think the wide receivers don't catch well. I our running backs can't stay healthy. Yeah, um, the defense looks good. I, I don't really have any issues with the defense. I think the defense will do a good job against BYU. Yeah. I just really don't know where our offense will be. So, Yeah, it'll be interesting. Makes it rough. Um, the next one is Utah, who's now number nine, versus Washington. This is probably Utah's last big game um, before, they, before the Pac-12 championship game, right. if they make the Pac-12 championship game. As mentioned before, UCLA has control of their own dense destiny. USC also has control of their own destiny. Um, if USC wins out, Utah doesn't make it, even though they have one loss. Um, and so that'll be a really interesting thing to see to watch. Um, I think Utah will end up winning the South. I'll explain why, but it'll be it'll be a tight one. I think it'll be really tough. Um, and they they need they need like a dominating win here 
if they mm-hmm. want any chance at the playoffs. Yep, exactly. They need to dominate here on out and dominate in the uh, Pac-12 championship game against Oregon, or Oregon needs to dominate against Utah if the Pac-12 wants anybody in the playoff. Right. Yep. Um, so I do think Utah wins this one. I think they look really good in this one. I don't think it'll be too much of a question. Um, the next game is the world's largest cocktail party. Have you ever heard that name? No, I haven't. Yeah, so the world's largest cocktail party. Um, or is it like the world's largest octave? outdoor cocktail party i think that's what it is it's florida versus georgia they played in jacksonville um it'll be really good this year it's georgia is number eight florida is number six um it's generally pretty crazy um i think that even though georgia is lower is ranked eight and florida is six i i think georgia is the better team same yeah Um, definitely Georgia just lost to South Carolina. That's really what it comes down to. Um, their loss was more recent. It wasn't to as good of a team where Florida lost to LSU. Right. Um, but I really think Georgia is the better team here. I think they'll pull it out. Um, the next one is the game day game. It's number 15, SMU, versus number 24, Memphis. This is SMU's greatest team in 30 years. But I think Memphis is more used to these style games. They've played these higher level games more consistently. Uh-huh. Um, it's at Memphis. Um, SMU has won quite a few games that they have statistically, they should have lost. Uh-huh. And so I think their luck runs out and I think they, they lose to Memphis here. Okay. I think Memphis is just the better team. Um, but it's a really cool run for SMU this year. Yeah. For all of the uh, stuff they've had to go through with, with their death penalty. Yep. Um, and then the final game is number seven, Oregon uh, at USC. And this is the game that I think Utah gives Utah a shot at the Pac-12 South. Um, if Oregon wins, all of a sudden Utah is in control of their own destiny, and it's well, fine. A lot of destiny controlling. For a lot of destiny. Predetermined here. destiny going yep. on. Um. But if USC wins, there's really not many games left that I think USC will lose. But I also um, didn't think they should lose to BYU, and they shouldn't have lost to BYU. So That's true. But that's really their only bad loss because they lost to Notre Dame, who looks good, and U- and uh, Washington. Yeah, Washington was, I think, the other one that they lost to. That was like an acceptable loss. It was um, so losing to Oregon, I think, is what'll happen. Um, okay. But if Utah, but if USC beats Oregon, the next best team that they play is Arizona State, who yeah. I think is good. I think they're a border top twenty-five team, but um, I just I don't know if I think they're better than USC. And I think with a win here, I think USC probably coasts it out and ends up winning the South, even though I think Utah's the better team. Yeah, which for sure. is pretty crazy. Um, but I do think Oregon probably wins it and wins it by a mile, but it has yeah. really weird implications. Yeah. I do think Oregon run, runs away with this game, but mm-hmm. it's who knows. So, all right. I went over time, but that was, that was what I wanted to talk about. All right. So before we get to the uneventful trade deadline, Oh yeah. Um, it's all the big trades. The Jets 
played the Jaguars in Jacksonville this week. You want to say that a few times fast? No, I don't. Because that, that's a tricky one. But yeah, so the Jets played the Jaguars in Jacksonville this week. Um, okay. And in case you missed the story last week. Oh, no, I didn't. For I some reason, and the NFL released tape of Sam Darnold on the sideline saying that he saw ghosts <laughs> while yep. playing the Patriots. It's such a douchey thing to do to release that tape. Yeah, it's terrible. I can't believe they did that. If I was the Jets, I'd be so mad. Um, It's so dumb. Like, such assholes to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, But the Jaguars jumped on the opportunity. Their mascot dressed up as a ghost. Mm -hmm. Um, There was a bunch of ghosts in the stands, and the favorite sign I saw is Gardner Minshew ain't afraid of no ghost. It's a good one. So, I just thought that was funny, a light way to start the start the. I don't have a a booger quote this week, so I figured well, that was like. Well, good. did you see the video that they did during the game? No, I didn't. So the Jaguars late in the game, they showed a a compilation of lowlights from Baker Mayf or not from Baker, sorry, Sam Darnold from Sam Darnold throughout the game, and they played it with the tune of the Ghostbusters. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, I did not see that. That is hilarious. Yep, yep. so they had that too, which was pretty brutal. I thought it was pretty funny, but, oh, it's it was brutal. Yeah, that's that's pretty rough during the game to play low lights and play that. Yeah. It's hilarious, but, yeah, it's, that's pretty Oh, hilarious, rough. yeah. Oh, um, yeah, it was so great. <laughs> I just loved it. Yeah. <laughs> um so trade deadline this year was super hyped up. We expected to see a bunch of people traded before the window. Um there wasn't the biggest trade that happened today was a salary cap trade. The Rams traded away a cube to leave to the Miami Dolphins for a fifth round pick. They're likely to get a sixth or seventh round pick back. Um, And the reason they did this was to open up about five mil in cap space. Um, So I wasn't sure there was two ways this was going to go. They were either doing that so that they can give Jalen Ramsey his, his extension likely this year. Um, Or they were going to try and make uh, another move. Um, They didn't. So, I'm guessing we're going to hear about an extension to Ramsey's or a new deal for Ramsey probably probably by the end of the season, I'd guess. Um, but maybe maybe it's not until the end of the season. I'm not sure. Um, now, a lot of people are ripping in the Rams for doing this, but Akeem Tlaib was on IR. He likely wasn't going to play the rest of the season. There was a chance he might have been able to come back for the if they made a deep playoff run. Mm-hmm. But it, it, from what I understand, it wasn't likely. Um, and I think they're kind of good where the where they're at. Um, it, it, you don't have to like it. It was a, it's a business decision, but at mm-hmm. the end of the day, it was a smart decision by the Rams. It opens up salary cap space where they didn't have that much. Um, something that I didn't talk about last week that I meant to. Um, I can't remember who who talked about this. It was probably Ian Rappaport. 
mm-hmm. with the Jalen Ramsey trade, um, a bunch of people were talking how this was risky because what if the Rams couldn't make a deal with Ramsey? He might hold out next year. Part of the trade, there was kind of a backdoor agreement between the Rams and Ramsey that whether or not they were able to reach a amicable, amicable deal this, this next offseason, mm-hmm. he wouldn't hold out and he'd play all of next year. Oh. So I think that's the only reason the Rams were comfortable to trade what they did. Like they gave mm-hmm. up a bunch. So I think I think that made them feel a lot better of, oh, like even if we can't come to, to a deal he likes, we still get him all next year. And that gives us another year to maybe extend him or at least get him for a full year. Um, so I do think with this Akib Talib trade, they are going to give him a, 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 a contract or at least they're going to try and get him a contract. Um, but yeah, that was really the only trade this week. Kenyon Drake, the running back for the Dolphins was traded. I think it was on Saturday. All I know is it happened before Sunday. He didn't go to, to their mm-hmm. to their game against San Francisco. Um, yeah. I'm not sure how much I like this for the Cardinals. Like, David Johnson is injured, but from what I understand, he should be back within a week or two. Like, it wasn't a super serious injury. And then Chase Edmonds, his backup, has been doing really good. I think he had another small injury, but I think he's only meant to miss a week too. So it feels really weird to like pick somebody up to where they're going to be really starting for like one game. And then they're going to be like a third string quarterback or a third string running back that we're not sure how much they're going to play. Mm-hmm. Um, Jamal Adams. There's a bunch of talk today that we think we thought he was going to get traded. Um, big rumors were that he was going to go to the Cowboys. The Cowboys were trying to make a deal, but, Apparently, the Jets were asking for a first rounder and two second rounders, and both the Cowboys and the Ravens, who I was told is also in hunt for this trade, both said that was too much, which I think is pretty on value for Jamal Adams, but I'm the kind of person that would rather have a for sure player than draft picks, so I don't know. I think Jamal Adams is an amazing safety, and he would have... I'm really glad he didn't go to the Cowboys because I like him and I didn't want to have to root against him every time he played. Um, so I would have really loved if he went to the Ravens. Like that would have made their, their secondary godlike. And yeah, like, so they would have been good, but it uh, didn't work out. The, the, the big thing that did come out of this Trent Williams holdout is over. He has decided that, if he's not going to get traded, he might as well get paid. Um, so he's going to show up and play. Yeah, it's uh, a good, good thing. And then I believe this. I don't think this trade. I don't think the Michael Bennett trade was done by the time we recorded last week. Um, no, I don't think so. So the Patriots suspended Michael Bennett for a game for conduct detrimental. From what I understand, he got in a disagreement with one of the coaches. Um, and then they traded him to the Cowboys for a seventh round pick. I think it was a set. Okay, so they traded for an unconditional or not unconditional. <laughs> an unconditional pick. 
Unconditional. Ugh. Love. They traded unconditional love pick. They traded him for a conditional seventh round pick. Um so this is one of the very few trades that the Patriots have lost. Like usually they'll get a player and then trade them for better value. Um this is one trade where they they traded a fifth round pick to the Eagles for him and I thought that was a steal. And then they traded him away for a conditional seventh round pick. Um I really hope it doesn't work out for him at the Cowboys because he's a good player and I again just hate to see the Cowboys do well. So yeah. um yeah, uh the big story this week is there's a bunch of QB battles going on in the NFL. So I expected this trade deadline to um be a huge story, a bunch of different stories. So I didn't really plan that much for this podcast because I figured all the content would be kind of given to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of reached out to some people and uh, Brolo El Cunado. My oh, brother, yeah. Uh, he, uh, he sent me a few ideas and this is one of the ones he sent me. Um, he kind of pointed out that there's a bunch of QB battles going on. And so I kind of wanted to talk about some of those and how they're going. Um, so first, let's start in Denver. Um, Flacco got a neck injury and he's going to be out for five to six weeks. I wouldn't have been shocked if they had just benched him at this point. Um, but, um, this was an interesting stat provided that Joe Flacco goes on IR Broncos. The Broncos will be the only NFL team to have zero QBs on the roster that have taken an NFL snap. What? Yeah. So they have, Brandon Allen as their backup from Arkansas. He was drafted in 2016 in like the sixth round and he's played for like three different teams and apparently has never taken the field. Um, so he played for the Los Angeles Rams um, this off season. And yeah. I actually thought he looked pretty good. Um, but I mean, we have Blake Bortles as a backup. We didn't really need Brandon probably should Allen. be starting. <laughs> <laughs> Do you you watch the good plays? Have you? Are you? Yeah, we're not caught with... up on it yet. Okay, never but, mind then. But I mean, there's obviously a bunch of Blake Bortles stuff in yeah, there. Yeah. So, yeah, he just. If you haven't watched the show, it's a funny show. But one of the one of the main dudes is a huge Jaguars fan and just thinks Blake Bortles is the best player of all time and just loves Blake Bortles. Bortles. Yeah. So. Yep. Let me know when you've caught up because okay, it's we'll see when, funny... we, when we get caught up. We're kind of watching that and Friends, so okay. it'll be it'll be like a decade until we're caught up. Um. So, anyways, so and then they have Brett. They're probably picking up Brett Rippian off their practice squad, the QB from Boise State. Brett Rippin, yeah. Rippin, Rippian. I don't care. You didn't start for a good school, like uh, he did kidding. though. He looked good. He was a four-year starter. Yeah, he was good. I know. I knew. Was, I knew. So I knew who he was. I knew his name. I just didn't know. He was the starter for the Boise State Utah State game where we got like seven turnovers and it was just wild. Yeah, you remember it was that? Amazing game. Yeah, I remember that. I that remember was he was the starter. He was a freshman starter that year. Like I saw Brett Rippin, and I was like, "Oh, I think he's the guy that started for Boise State." And then I looked, and I was like, "Oh, he is the guy that started for Boise State." 
Yep. Um, and then behind him, they have Drew Locke. Um, and I think that really the only reason he's behind him is because he's on IR from a sprained thumb that he got in the preseason. Okay. But apparently he received medical clearance like two weeks ago. Okay. So like, I don't know if they just didn't have a roster spot for him or like why he's still on IR if he got medical clearance. Hey, I mean, I've done that in fantasy football before. They don't make you kick him off until you do something. So if you just don't do anything else, you can hold on to him for a little longer. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I, I, I guess I've never played a league with an IR spot. I kind of yep. want to. I, I, I meant to this year, but yeah, I forgot. It's pretty good. Cause, so as soon as you make any roster anything, they do make you kick them out. Oh, but okay. if you just don't make any any moves on your roster, you're fine. Okay, so that wouldn't help me at all because I don't think there's ever been a fantasy football week where I haven't moved at least one person. Well, it's not where, like, where I actively looked at my roster. It's not like uh, picking up. Or it's not like moving them into starting and stuff. It's like oh, picking it's like, up some. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, or oh, trades, okay. anything like that. Granted, I would. I don't know if there's a week this year that I haven't picked up somebody off the waiver wire. Like I'm just kind of the kind of person that just randomly pices up and drops. Yeah, people. you just see. Oh yeah, they're up so there. That's like, good. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I hate to say this, but I dropped Stefan Diggs like three weeks before he became good again. Oh yeah. Cause he just, they weren't using him. So I, I was like, eh. yeah, well. well, and there was like, he was talks of maybe him like being traded being or whatever. Traded. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not going to mess with that. There was somebody else who I wanted to pick up and yep. now I kind of regret it, but that's okay. It's funny. Um, so it'll be interesting. Like, uh, I, I don't see them ever starting Brandon Allen over Joe Flacco when he comes back. Mm-mm. but he's out for five to six, six weeks. And from what I saw, Brandon Allen isn't a starter in the NFL. We'll see how Brett Rippon is. Like, I wouldn't I be mean, shocked if we see Drew Locke <laughs> take the field in the next five or six weeks. Yeah. Because I think, I mean, Rippon, at least from college, he was a pretty smart player. He was good. He never looked like he was a great quarterback, but he looked good. And so, right. I don't know, he might be like a good game manager type of guy for the for the Broncos, you just don't know how much that's what they need. Okay, okay, makes sense. So, I guess was I I I think Denver needs just a little bit more than a game manager. I just don't think their players are quite good, especially with Emmanuel Sanders gone. Yeah, but I don't know. I could be wrong. Um, Cincinnati benched Andy Dalton on his thirty-second birthday. Yeah, like one. I didn't realize that he was 32. For some reason, I was thinking he was a little bit younger than that. Oh, okay. And and two, like, you couldn't have waited a single day to not bench him on his birthday. (laughs) Like, obviously, they probably didn't realize it was his birthday until Mm -hmm. afterwards. But still, man, like, so they benched him. Ryan Finley, the fourth-round pick out of NC State, is going to be starting. Okay. Did and you was, watch him at all? I saw a little bit of him. Uh-huh. Um, he's okay. He he seemed like a good quarterback. I don't. I don't know. I didn't see enough of him to really have a strong opinion, but I I know he was well respected. So 
Okay. So I, I pulled up his draft profile because that's usually what I do when I don't know anything about a, a player mm-hmm. that's a rookie, obviously. Um, so a lot of the strengths that he has is basically that like, he's smart. Like he recognizes coverages, crafts a pre-snap plan, uses eye to bait safeties, um, trusts his talent and works with confident, um, good pocket poise, uh, throws receivers away from lurking defenders. And there's also a lot of, he sustains accuracy on rollouts and when feet are moving accurate deep ball passer who floats it into the basket with proper touch. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. That sounds pretty good. Functional scrambler with feel for edge pressure in the pocket. I really wish Jared Goff could have that trait. Yeah. Like he doesn't seem to be able to feel pressure and, <laughs> there's a few plays that I've seen that just would show that he's not a functional scrambler. <laughs> um, but some of his weakness, lanky frame and need of more muscle. So we'll see if he puts on muscle, uh, game manager with disappointing touchdown rate as a passer had hmm. three touchdowns and eight interceptions in three years of rivalry three games against Clemson and North Carolina. Hmm. And then generally accurate, but forces receivers to break stride too often. Yeah. So we'll see how he does. Like I'm always excited to see a rookie get their start. Um, And honestly, it's time for Cincinnati to move on from Andy Dalton. Like the thing with Andy Dalton is he's never been a terrible quarterback. He's just, except for like one year, I think it was like 2016 maybe where he, mm-hmm. he looked pretty great. Like people were talking like, oh, he's fine hitting strides. Like the Bengals are going to be good. And then he went back to being just mediocre. He's always been yeah. like a middle of the pack, just to the point where he's not worth talking about because he's not so dog <laughs> you need to get rid of him immediately. But yeah. he's also not good. So you're never like talking about him in top 10 lists or anything. So that's where like I guess I only paid attention to him attention to him the year where he like was really like looking like he was going to do something because mm-hmm. I've heard like all this slander this year on Andy Dalton and I was like really I thought I thought he was okay I mean I didn't think he was great but people had just been really slander and I'm like oh I guess he's not good yeah I, I I think I think people have this misconception that you have to be a top 10 quarterback to be good yeah like the thing is, if Andy Dalton was in, was in, honestly, if he was in like Green Bay this year, they'd still have a winning record. Mm-hmm. Like, we'd be talking about, we wish their quarterback was a little bit better, but like they, he's he's a functional quarterback. He's not. I didn't. I don't ever think he was losing games. But he's he, he's in Cincinnati. Like. AJ Green has been out all year and he's still been pretty good. He put up like 420 yards against the Eagles, which granted their safety or their safety, their secondary is just dog crap, but like they still, he still was able to put up 420 yards against an NFL defense with no AJ Green, like Tyler Boyd. I Tyler Eifert might've been injured at the time. Like I think he started the season injured, but Mm -hmm. I don't know. He's been decent. So we'll see how 
Finley does. I don't think the Bengals are going to do much better, but I mean, at this point, you're 0 and 8. You got to do something to convince people that you're trying. Even though, like, you're not going to be too bummed if you go 0 and 16 this year. Like, mm-hmm. you're, you're like you're gonna want. And and they they do play the Dolphins, by the way. They play the Dolphins this week. So, both of these teams cannot go winless one of these teams has to at least have one win on the season mm-hmm. with Andy Dalton I would have probably given the edge to the Bengals but starting a rookie quarterback like and I'm really curious if that comes into play like if they were like how can we get the edge in losing to Miami <laughs> starting a rookie quarterback who probably shouldn't be starting yet that's yep. the way that's the key. So we'll we'll sell on tank. Yeah, so we'll we'll see how that goes. Um Kyle Allen is looking to take Cam Newton's spot. Um even after the game against San Francisco, I think you keep Kyle Allen um starting. He did throw his first three picks of this season against San Francisco and didn't look I mean they got they they they, they got spanked. Like I'll talk about it a little bit later, but they, I mean, he didn't look terrible, but it was just like the first game that they'd lost with him. And I, I don't know, like it, it, like before now, I didn't have any question of whether they should keep Cam Newton. Like, I think now we got to wait a few games and see, like, because the thing with like rookie quarterbacks or young quarterbacks like there's always a chance after one really bad game that they kind of just take a nosedive and are just really bad for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. So we'll see on that one. Um, Gardner Minshew is hoping to keep his starting spot once Foles comes back, and I, I think you have to give it to him too. I, I just don't think you sit the hometown hero at this point. Like everybody loves Minshew. He's been a competitive quarterback who looks like he could grow into an actual starting NFL quarterback. So like, I think you kind of have to keep him and keep Foles his backup for the rest of the year. And then he'll go somewhere else next year again. Um, funny. Um, apparently for some promotion or whatever, Minshew played the new Madden on somebody's Twitch. Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, I, I'll probably try and watch the VOD later. I just think he's a funny guy, so I'd like to watch it. But anyways, I saw a clip. At one point, he asked the guy he was playing with, so what is my rating on Madden? And the guy's like, oh, I think you're uh, 69. And Gardner Minshew is just like, nice. <laughs> just the only response. Perfect. Nice. Perfect. Right response. Like, I'm really curious if you went to Minshew and be like, listen – we're thinking about raising your overall grade on Madden to 72. But we wanted your feedback first. Do you want to stay at 69? I think Minshew's the kind of person like, you know what? No, I just keep it at 69. I just leave it. Yeah, leave it there. Even if the – you know, you can put pad my stats a little bit, but the overall needs to stay at 69. <laughs> Fine. Figure it out. Figure it out. I don't have a good enough Canadian accent to to, to mimic those guys. But Figure it out. Yours is decent. Effing embarrassing. 
Um, Breeze came back this week. Um, I didn't think they were going to trade Bridgewater. There was a little bit of talk about them talking about Bridgewater, and then the Saints said, hey, we're not going to trade Bridgewater. But then some someone with the Twitter name Adam Scheffner instead of oh, yeah. Adam Schefter with no N tweeted that the Bengals had traded AJ Green in like a th- I think it was AJ Green in a third round pick for Bridgewater or maybe it was AJ Green for Bridgewater in a third round pick one of the two and I was like oh man like the Saints get better with AJ Green but it turned out to be false so they're apparently keeping Bridgewater, but like I said last week, I don't think they keep him next year. I think his contract is just going to be too expensive. That it's just not going to be worth to pay a backup that much. Um, but Breeze is back. Breeze looked good. This this injury, as as long as there's no lasting effects, might have been good for Breeze because we talked about I talked about at the beginning of the season how breeze at the end of last season started to look a little bit old a little bit slow you know couldn't throw it as deep downfield well now he's going to be six games fresher for the playoffs but they did he didn't lose any games while he was gone well i guess technically they lost against the rams but i think they'd already lost by the time he left so doesn't count um and then the other the other qb battle that is just so close we can't call it is Patrick Mahomes versus Matt Moore um, uh, no but uh, I just wanted to talk about Moore did look actually pretty good and again against the Packers like their their offensive line it's kind of middle of the pack they're not super good but they're not bad um but the Packers, who are usually a top like sack team, a lot of more, like a big pressure team, mm-hmm. more looked comfortable in the pocket. They didn't seem to be able to get much pressure all game. Um, he ended with a 66 completion percentage, 267 yards, two touchdowns, zero picks. Um, and honestly, he didn't get much help from the running game, and he he made it competitive. So um, it'll be interesting once Mahomes comes back if they're able to make. Um, a strong push for for the second place. Like again, like I said last week, I don't think they're in any danger of losing their division. Like I talked about at the beginning of the season, how I thought the Chargers were going to be trying to steal this division, but they're obviously not. Like I don't think the Raiders are good enough to try and steal this division. Um, so it's really whether or not they're able to get that second spot and 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 seal up their bye, but. We'll see. Um, at this point in the season, at halfway through the season, kind of just wanted to touch on the MVP race. Um, so right now I have three QBs and two running backs in contention for MVP. Um, I think I have Aaron Rodgers first. I, I, I think I just don't think anyone else has been quite up there. I just think he's been so good. Um, he's just been putting up amazing numbers so Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is leading that race close behind though is Russell Wilson and Lamar Jackson um more Russell Wilson than Lamar Jackson but I think Lamar Jackson's in the race um we'll see how he finishes out the year 
And then I have Christian McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook. Um, I believe they've been the most valuable pieces on their team, and the only reason their team has wins at this point. Um, that's not quite true with Dalvin Cook. I mean, their their offense has been cooking without him a little bit. Well, I wouldn't say without him, but on other in the passing game as well. Um, but but yeah, that's my race. I think Aaron Rodgers is leading right now, but it's pretty close between those five right now. And then for rookie of the year, I have Josh Jacobs leading the race. I think he's my if the season ended today, I would say Josh Jacobs is rookie of the year. Um, I think Kyler Murray and Scary Terry or Terry McLaurin are also in there. Um, and then I have Gardner Minshew and Nick Bosa. Um, I know Nick Bosa is never going to win rookie of the year, but um, in my mind, he's definitely a contender. He's been killing it. He's been killing it. He had the craziest interception. Like, he just, like, picked off a screen pass, basically, and, like, it was was amazing. He's amazing. So, um, glad to see he's doing well. I wish it was a team that wasn't in our division that was doing so well. But, um, well, you know. So... To my top ten, um, so top ten, I have just outside the top ten. I have the Eagles again. Um, they had a very convincing win against Buffalo. Um, they, they're very close to being in the top ten. I just, I still have questions. Um, they didn't make moves this, this, this by the tread day deadline. I thought apparently they were in talks for both Chris Harris at the Broncos, like I said, they should be and. Uh, the cornerback out of Detroit. Um, I can't remember the name. Savage, maybe. Um, mm. But apparently the asking price was too high. Um, so I asked my brother, who's an Eagles fan, you know, how he felt, felt about his GM. And he said, the thing with Howie Roseman is he spends lots of money on players but doesn't like investing picks for players. Um, mm. he, he said he's also yet to be very successful in the draft, um, and he just feels like his team isn't very deep whatsoever. Um so yeah, like we'll see how they f- do at the finish of the season. But if they don't win their division, or at least aren't a, a game away against the Cowboys of winning this division, I'm firing their GM at this point. I just I don't know. I I can't believe they didn't. The only trade they made was for Gennard Avery, who's like a linebacker defensive end. And while their pass rush has been missing since um, Michael Bennett left, I just I really would have wished we would have seen a pickup for their secondary. Um, it's just their one big thing that they I just can't get over. It's just their, their secondary is just so bad; they're going to get beat over the top too much. And I mean, their offense did put up a lot of points against a Buffalo defense that's been really stingy in scoring, but. I, they haven't been able to do that against other teams. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, I still have the Rams outside my top 10. Um, they did have a good win against the Bengals in London, but it's the Bengals. Like you should have a good win against should, the Bengals. If, that one. if yeah. you're not a, just a garbage team, like, so all it proved to me this week was we're not dog shit. <laughs> which is good. But, I mean, that's um, a good thing to not be. So. Right. 
Um, and then, so this week we have a bye. And then week 10, we play the Steelers. So, like, we'd have to put up a convincing win there for me to think about the top 10. But then we play the Bears week 11. And at the beginning of the season, I was much more scared of this matchup. Um, mm. But this year, this game is in L.A., so we don't have to deal with cold weather. Their defense hasn't been as um, dominant, especially with turnovers. And Trubisky is just garbage. Yeah, he like, is. He is dog. So, yeah, he's the human form of dog. Mm-hmm. Um, like some people were saying that they should trade for a quarterback, but I mean, who are you trading for at this point? No. Like Cam Newton's really the only one that could have potentially been on the trading block, and I don't know if that's a thing. So. I don't know. So I'm not really scared of that matchup week 11 against the Bears. Like, But that, that'll that still be a test for our offense. Like last year, they got a lot of pressure on Goff and made him look silly. So um scared of their defense. I think our secondary will have their way with Trubisky and this offense. And then week 12, the first real test after the Jalen Ramsey trade is the Ravens. Um, so it'll be kind of interesting to to have that matchup with Marcus Peters. Um, but uh, getting into the top 10, the Texans finally broke back into the top 10. Um, you Do you, do you remember that play I talked about last week where the, the play was called dead, but he didn't actually go down at all? He just made an amazing play? Uh, no. Okay. Well, that so last week, that Watson did Watson things, but it... They somehow said that he was down. He should have gotten a touchdown to Hopkins. Oh, really? This week, he did the exact same thing, except for he got kicked in the eye. Oh. They didn't call him down. He threw a touchdown. <laughs> like, he's just a playmaker. Like, if if I was down seven points, or less than seven points, mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson's in, like, my top three of players i'd want leading my offense it's been killer like I, been I really good at this point i just i don't know if you can pick anyone other than tom brady especially well, yeah. past I mean, tom brady he's just the clutch of the clutch um yeah. and then russell wilson is pretty high up there for me he'd probably be that second spot um he just has a way of making plays um number nine buffalo finally moved um and unfortunately, they're not was, seven anymore. They're not seven anymore. Yeah, I no. I was tempted to put them at seven, just like as a joke, but like they deserve to be at this number nine spot. Uh you just their 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 offense looked just as lackluster as they have all season. Um, and then their <laughs> offense just—I mean, their defense couldn't stop the Eagles, which they've got a good offense. Don't get me wrong, but like. The Bills' defense has looked amazing, and they just didn't this week. Um, and, like, that's the one thing I talk about every week. Their defense is going to keep them in every game, and their defense didn't keep them in this game. And if their defense can't keep them in every game, they're not going to win nine, ten games. Their offense just isn't good enough. Um, so we'll see how they bounce back. It's just one game. It's the reason they're still in my top ten is it's just one game. Um 
Number eight, I have the Chiefs. Mm. What's funny is... So is that accounting for the fact that Mahomes is out? Yes. Okay. Uh, I mean, they looked competitive against the Packers, and the Packers could be a top three team. Um, so, uh, the funny thing is Mahomes didn't play. The, the stat I saw is that they cut to Patrick Mahomes on the sideline 40 times. Wow. 40 times in the Sunday night game where he didn't play, they cut to him 40 times. So it's clear that even the, the camera crew thinks this team is all about Mahomes. And I mean, with how bad their defense is, like it really is all about their quarterback mm-hmm. um obviously Moore was able to keep the game close and it, it wasn't like one of those games where the packers were up like 31 to 3 and then they just took their feet off the gas and they were able to keep... no it was competitive at all, all points the chiefs had a lead at one point like in like the third quarter i think mm-hmm. um they just weren't able to finish the game um i think with Mahomes, they definitely would have been able to finish the game. Like, I'm not going to say they would have won, but like they would have been more competitive because Mahomes is better than Moore. So, you know, take what you will from that. Number seven, I have the Vikings. Um, Kirk Cousins played in his first primetime game of the season, I believe. And look like the same old primetime Kirk Cousins. I mean, they did play the Redskins, <laughs> so they obviously still won, but they were only able to put up 19 points. Their offense didn't look very good, like, and it was all on Kirk Cousins. So Vikings <laughs> number seven. Number six, I have the Seahawks. Seahawks okay. look good. Um, number five, I have the Ravens. Glad to be able to say that again. I obviously love the Ravens. They're my AFC team at this point, I guess. Yep, I've um, always been a Ravens fan. Yep, I've just, you know, ever since I was young. No, I'm just kidding. Yep. I'm not that kind of person. I just really Ever since love... I was a kid, I've always been a Ravens fan. Yeah, I know. Um, so, yeah, I was glad to see them doing good. Can't wait for their matchup against the Rams. Can't wait for their matchup against the Patriots. Oh, yeah. That'll be a good one. So, number four, I have the Packers. And and I want to be very clear. This top four, I believe you could put these teams in any order and make a convincing argument. Okay. Um, But uh, saying that, I do have the Packers at number four. I really want to put them at three. Um, I just... I don't know. I just think uh, I like. I really want to put them at three, but I'm gonna keep them at four. Um, their defense needs to be able to get more pressure next week. Um, number three, I have the Saints. Drew Brees is back. Mm-hmm. Um, they look good, dude. They're gonna be. They're gonna be hard to beat. Yep. Can't wait for the playoffs to see some of these teams play each other. Like, I'd love to see the 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 Rams play the Packers and the Packers play the Saints and the Rams play the Saints. I realize that can't happen, <laughs> but I'd like to see these three teams play again. I'd like to see the Rams play 
the Saints, when they don't get seven points for free, taken away and mm-hmm. Drew Brees go out in the third quarter. I, I still think the Rams should have won that game. Um, but <sighs> Do you want to know who I have at my number two team? Who? The number Is it the two, Patriots? I have the Patriots number oh, two. Oh, you got to take them from number one. And I'm there. so happy. When you said that you had all four are basically like interchangeable, I was like, well, I assume that means that you no longer have the Patriots at one. Because if you can make the <laughs> argument to drop them from number one, you will. You got me. That was exactly what happened. Um, but to quote Brolo, he said, the Patriots preseason just ended. Um, <laughs> you can't somehow figure out why. They played the Steelers, the Dolphins, the Jets, the Redskins, the Giants, the Jets, and the Browns. Yeah. Um, I th- thought maybe that Browns game might be more competitive, mm-hmm. but uh, they decided to start the game with three straight turnovers. And I don't know if you saw whatever the hell that throw was from Baker Mayfield that turn- turned the ball over. So... Um, I think it was Landry. They were like faking a pitch to to Nick Chubb, mm-hmm. and like went to throw it like and and um, Landry's coming from the edge, like coming inside for like a. I don't know if he was gonna run like how he was gonna run, but he was running from the at the edge, running towards center, and like he went to like pitch him the ball, but the defender just completely killed the block, got through, caught the ball, and, like, set him up for an easy touchdown. So, like, they started off, Nick Chubb just fumbled. Then Nick Chubb had a 44-yard rumble. That's rumble. What, that's what it's called when you, you run for 44 yards and then you fumble. It's called the rumble. Just okay. so you, you've, been, you've been learned. Okay. Um, and then there was that weird inside pitch to Landry that was picked oh, yeah, off. That was so bad. Yeah, was Even with that, though, the reason the Patriots are only number two is they they were given a seventeen and O lead to start mm-hmm. the game. They won twenty seven to thirteen and did not look convincing on offense. Like mm-hmm. the Browns were able to get a lot of pressure on Brady. Um, it just I don't know. Like I just I just didn't see number one team. Um, okay. Number one, I definitely have the 49ers. Um, and mostly it's because they spanked the Panthers. They looked hard good. 51 yeah, to 13. Good. Um, the Panthers are not a bad team. Like, Mm-mm. Panthers are fringe top 10 team. Like, yep. they, they, they killed them. They, they, they just. Their defense, their defense is amazing. Yeah, that was a good, good game. Um, and then, like, I did you see Nick Bosa's interception? I don't think I did. So, it's one of those where he just beat his block, and then I think they were trying to run a screen, and so um, Kyle Allen kind of just tried to throw it over him, and Nick Bosa was able to like just jump up and. Like was originally gonna bat the ball, but he was able to just catch it. And I, I 
don't remember if he was able to run it back for a touchdown or if he got, I think he got tackled. But anyways, this is an amazing interception. Like he had three sacks as well, I think. Like Nick Bosa looked amazing in this game. The rest of the team looked amazing in this game. Um, like I really hope they keep this up because I'd like to see them. I'd also like to see them. Well, honestly, I want to see them play the Patriots. I just don't want them in the Super Bowl. <laughs> as messed up as that is, um, <laughs> I just want other teams more. Like, I'd, if it's not the Rams, I'd rather have the Packers in the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's right. Um, so, yeah, but that's it for me this week. Um, trade deadline was boring. Uh, hopefully this off season gets crazy again. Um, but, uh, you know, until then follow us at OC bystanders. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we got a lot of dumb takes. So many of them. Yeah. I, I think we've create a fan club to three fan clubs a week. Uh, we've slowed down a little bit recently, but we can get that going more. Yeah. So, you know, follow us there. Share our podcast if you think your friends will like it. Yep. And uh, we'll see you next week. All right. Peace. Bye.